My name is Mark Keller. I'm the head of business development for issuers, processors, networks, and TSPs. It's a long title. Um, for pays. Pays is uh, what we call bank wallet owned by early warning systems, which is the same company that owns Zelle. So if you know the banks behind Zelle, those are the banks behind Pays. Quickly about me, I've spent about five years in unbanked payments throughout Latin America and the US. Uh, followed that up with mobile payments at Bank of America. So I first said Latin America, then Bank of America, then did global mobile wallets at Citibank, and then spent five years at Samsung, where we launched Samsung Pay in about 12 different countries. So now what we're doing is we're launching uh, an online e-commerce wallet, which actually we're going to show you, which is the best way to actually experience and understand it. And the problem statement, so everyone knows, is uh, putting 16-digit uh, live pans in the wild, we call it, uh, is really something that should have gone away 10 years ago, should have gone away 20 years ago. Think about when you buy something on a, on a phone or a tablet or a PC and you have to go through a guest checkout experience. It's one of the worst things in e-commerce, uh, in commerce in general. We can tap our cards, we can tap our phones, we can log into Apple Pay or PayPal, but we can't go to a guest checkout check experience without having to type in our our phone number, our, our billing address, our shipping address, all the information should all be in there if they know who we are and we came through an authenticated experience. So the seven owner banks of early warning, which is JP Morgan Chase, Bank of America, US Bank, Capital One, Truist, help me here, US Bank, did I say that? Yeah. There's seven of them, I think I got them. Uh, Capital One, Bank of America, Chase, Wells Fargo, Truist, and U.S. Bank, I think I got them. They came together, the CEOs, and said, you know, let's solve this problem. We put banks, we made banks relevant in P2P with Zelle. Previously, banks weren't relevant. You didn't have a relationship with your bank brand, your bank channels. When you decided to send money to someone, you used PayPal or Venmo or Apple Pay or Samsung Pay or what have you. Uh, Zelle and the banks came in and said, we're going to give you a better, more bank-like experience, uh, safer, free, immediate, all the benefits. So the lingering problem of e-commerce is what Pays is setting out to solve for. So hopefully a little bit about me, a little about the problem statement. I'll turn it back to you, Todd. All right, if we can maybe show the Pays experience and then Pays. we'll talk about it a little bit more. The first of its kind bank wallet. Pays is a service operated by early warning and offered by participating financial institutions. Initially, including over 150 million cards from consumers across seven of the nation's largest banks. Pays offers the peace of mind consumers count on from their trusted financial institutions while enabling easy online payments. Merchants can offer consumers this peace of mind and convenience by integrating Pays into their consumer checkout experience, removing the need for manual entry of full card numbers, and giving them choice among cards they use for online purchases. Let's take a look at a few of the ways Pays can be used. Guest Checkout. The consumer has filled out their cart and proceeded to the checkout page on Merchant.com. They enter their email and are offered the opportunity to check out with Pays. For security purposes, they're prompted to provide a one-time passcode. As a wallet from their bank, the consumer didn't need to add their cards to Pays. They identified themselves with the email they already use with their bank and authenticated with their bank-enrolled phone number. A Pays wallet contains all a consumer's eligible cards across different participating financial institutions. Bank card, 
AnyBank, NextBank cards are all there in the wallet that Pay is created. Shipping addresses can be entered and stored, or a consumer can select from a pre-populated address book based on their billing addresses. Required checkout information is shared with the merchant, but a consumer's card data is never shared. Instead, a unique set of payment data is generated to secure the checkout. Transactions are processed using a merchant's existing credit and debit card relationships. But Pays offers more than just guest checkout. Unlike other wallets, Pays doesn't need the merchant page as an acquisition channel and can be presented only when it offers immediate value to merchants and consumers. In that same spirit, Pays recognizes that many merchants and consumers want an ongoing direct relationship not interrupted by a third party each time a consumer wants to check out. For that, Pays offers account creation. Instead of entering personal information, contact information, and payment information, a consumer can create an account with Pays. They identify themselves with the email, authenticate with the one-time passcode, and confirm the information they wish to share with the merchant. What's unique here is that this contact information comes from the banks, reducing the need to validate consumer information and streamlining the account creation process. Often, merchants separate payment information from account creation due to friction, but with a simple pays integration, a complete account can be created in a few easy steps. After confirming their data and authorizing its sharing with the merchant, all that's left is to create a merchant-specific password, and the account is set up. There's no need to continuously return to pays as the consumer-merchant account now has all it needs to continue that relationship, independent of pays. Even when a consumer already has an account with a merchant, Pays has a valuable role to play. In the event that payment information was not initially required or a payment method has gone stale, a merchant can use Pays to bring the consumer account back to good by adding or updating a card. In this example, the merchant already has the consumer's email in their profile and knows that the consumer has a Pays wallet with active cards behind it. The consumer selects Pays, authenticates with the one-time passcode, confirms the card they wish to share, and confirms their selection. Consumer now has accurate payment information available with that merchant. As the first of its kind bank wallet, Pays offers unique value to consumers, merchants, and financial institutions. Peace of mind and convenience for consumers, flexibility and simplicity for merchants, and an opportunity for financial institutions to provide engaging new digital payment options for their consumers. All right. Well, we saw the Pays experience. So, you know, I, I think it was pretty evident from the video in terms of, you know, the consumer, um, you know, the, the benefits of consumer, frictionless, quick, and you go back to it, it's, it's very simple. But what about the merchant? And, you know, I know we talked about this kind of when, when we did prep for this. Um, you know, what are some of the other benefits like Durbin routing that the audience might find interesting that for you know, them to learn a little bit more about the benefits of using Pace? Sure. So let's address on the merchant side real quick. So I have a peer and a team that's out selling merchants. Clearly, it's a two-sided market. If you don't have uh, customers, we learned this in the NFC space, you need chips and phones or cards, and you need terminals at, per, at point of sale. This is all e-commerce. There's no point of sale. 
Um, and we do need e-commerce merchants and e-commerce enablers to get on board. So they're getting on board because uh, it was mentioned there, we're starting, the advantage of starting with the seven major owner banks and a couple of non-owner banks that we'll be launching with near launch as well, you're looking at about 200 million cards. So that's a rolling start. We did not have that when I was at Samsung Pay. So 200 million cards makes merchants take note and makes uh, processors also take note, uh, those who resell the service both to merchants and to, to, to um, issuers. It's for all merchants, it's for all issuers. So the smallest bank is as welcome as the biggest bank. And the, the rules in the algorithm, we, don't, we can't go back and show it, but when Minka was presented her cards, it's all of her cards presented in a, in a uh, randomized fashion. There's an algorithm that's been approved that uses something called SALT, which I only use on tacos, but it means something in the world of uh, randomization. So Bank of Northeast Utah, has the same chance of being at the top as J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, consumers choose which card they want to be their their default card, and they can change it at their at their will. Um, what so if they have like you know, multiple email addresses connected to different banks? I know you 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 know in the demo it shows the mm -hmm. one email address. Will they have to uh, you know add the extra emails later to make sure they bank all their wallets? I mean, all the bank cards show up in the wallet. Great question. So, essentially. In order for cards to be eligible, that's really what we're getting at, the bank has to have an active email and an active cell phone for that customer. That customer and that card have to have been used in some e-commerce transaction in the last 120 days and or been put into some wallet. That could be a mobile wallet, that could be an online wallet. The idea is these are digitally savvy customers who are going to see their cards present and they're not going to freak out. There might be some surprise. How did it get there? But when they realize it came from their bank and it's used at their merchants, consumers will, and it'll be marketing to get people accustomed to this, uh, they'll recognize it. But what we don't want is sock drawer cards, cards that haven't been used, cards that were cut up um, or, or, or uh, expired. So we want high quality cards. That's what merchants want, to back to your merchant question. And that's when we talk about 150, 200 million cards, that's the active good cards. On your email question, it needs to be the email that your issuing bank has on file and your cell phone. When you saw Mika's experience, she had she got an SMS card n n number to, on OTP, and she s signed in originally with her email. Those both have to be what early warning has on file for your bank. And then when they come back for a second, a third, they don't have to go through adding CVV or, or putting in a new card. It's just one-time password onto the transaction. 100% correct. So that somewhat clunky, although we like to think it's pretty e-commerce friendly, experience is your first time. Once you've claimed the wallet and you have all your cards in there, wherever you see pays to check out, it'll recognize you. Even if you obviously launched with, say, Bank of East Idaho, and now you want to use the Bank of Northeastern Louisiana, uh, you can... It'll it'll all be there for you. So one time with the with the OTP, I'm sorry, with the SM, with the um, one time with the CVV is all that's required. After that, it's only uh, an OTP, an SMS OTP on a per transaction basis. We think we debated a, a lot. Does that put too much friction in the system? Many experiences out there right now, customers have gotten used to. That just that sometimes, and we want them to be viewing this as a very secure bank offered solution. So we erred on the side of requiring the one SMS OTP per transaction. Um, 
and hopefully that answers your question, the return experience is half of the first experience. Both should be very customer friendly. I'll also answer your, uh, your merchant's question. So the merchant can integrate with a very short, uh, I think it's about eight lines of code, tw 10 lines of code. It's very easy for them. They do it, can do it through their merchant processor. They can do it through their uh, payment facilitator. Or they can do it direct to pays. Um, and that's, so it's m meant to be very easy, both on the issuer side for integration as well as on the merchant side. Hopefully that answers your question. Next question. You know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people, when thinking about an experience that is quick and slick, fraud potentially comes to mind. So if payments don't, doesn't have legacy friction, will that open the door to fraudsters? So we want to lower uh, the friction as much as possible by obviously keeping it very secure. That's core to being a bank-offered solution, right? So. Um, the SMS OTP ensures that you are who you say you are. Uh, the CVV ensures you have the card in your hands and you activate it or claim the wallet by going through the, uh, your bank. So just like Zelle, you go through your bank to get to Zelle. The, when you set this up, it's all being offered by your bank, f for your bank, for you. So uh, we expect there'll be fraud. The regular rules of MasterCard and Visa are in play as far as uh, fraud and liability shifts. Um, so we're, we're solving that online experience and we're certainly built to, to deal with fraud. I'm not the fraud expert, as you can tell by my rambling, but uh, we, we definitely believe you can lower the friction of the experience without increasing the fraud. You know, obviously it's a, um, you know, when you say the word wallet, people might think, all right, is this going to be an app on your phones? I mean, where, from where you guys are today, I've seen that you're talking just e-commerce and solving that. Um, what about you know the the idea of it being an app and you know is is there confusion around what Pays is offering today with the other wallets out there and and does that potentially get confusing that digital wallet terminology? A hundred percent, you're right. But um, that's what we're we're not really even using the term bank wallet anymore. That was our name before we had a brand. So we just go to it's Pays. You're gonna pays it. Um, I'm not the marketing guy, but the point <laughs> is, is that you can call it what you want. It really is in the land of wallets, in, in true payment terms, it's a cloud-based wallet. It's not uh, an NFC wallet or a localized app on your phone. Um, it's not for point of sale. It is for e-commerce only. So uh, absolutely all those terms to a consumer might not make a lot of sense, but we want them to know when they see pays at checkout, they see pays offered to their banks, that it's a way for them to pay easily online. If we could put up the, the QR code in, in case the audience has any questions, feel free to scan the, the QR code and enter your questions. Um, you know, when, when the consumer is at checkout, uh, I know we saw the demo on the screen, like, you know, the, is there a clear understanding that this is a, you know, an, an option for them with Apple Pay and, and, you know, with the various buy now pay laters that are available today? Like, you know, does it just fall, fall in the list of 10 things that a merchant might have? Um, you know, how do you avoid maybe some of the confusion around the experience when someone's trying to purchase it with all the various solutions that, that they might have today and, and how do they um, you know, try to make sure Pays is the one that they, that they choose? Sure, so the goal is to get the Pays bug at checkout so that the experience Mika had in the, uh, in, in the demo is, is exactly what consumers will have. 
We certainly know that there's a bit of wallet fatigue. There's a checkout <laughs> fatigue. It looks like a NASCAR uh, race car <laughs> when someone gets to checkout. But the answer is just going to be win with, with, with security and quality of service and ease of use. And over time, granted, right now, everyone should be confused because we haven't launched. Um, <laughs> so we've spent When zero. is the, the, you know, the, well, the launch, launch so people can start using it? Sure. So we're going to be doing a, essentially a beta, a friends and family type launch this summer. And then coming out of uh, the Labor Day, we're going to be focused on having everything ready for holiday shopping season. Obviously, e-commerce transactions from people's mobile phones and tablets and PCs and laptops is going to be huge for the holiday season. So we'd like to have banks and merchants and everything for real for the true live launch. We call it in that October, September, October frame time time frame, uh, in order to be ready for the shopping season. We have one question here. If uh, anybody else has additional questions, feel free. We had a few minutes left to, to answer yeah. them. I'm not sure if there's a great answer to this question of I, Discover I can, and Amex. I, I, I can answer all of those. Sure, go Let's for it. Let's take them from the top. Okay, how is Discover and Amex added to the wallet since own issuer? I don't know what that means. I mean, I know what the friend of the question means. So we are talking to multiple you know, uh, non-owners, uh, including those two networks and organizations. If you're referring to the specifics of the, them being their own token service provider, yes, we are a token requester. So we request MasterCard and Visa tokens upon launch. And as soon as it Discover and Amex are launched, we'll be requesting those tokens. We'll have a TRID, a token requester ID, for each of the TSPs. Uh, th that's the credit side, the big four. We are also doing so on the debit side. You had asked about Durban routing. Mm -hmm. um, merchants use Durban routing, low-cost routing at, at uh, point of sale. They're not able to do so in e-commerce with uh, network tokens. We're looking to see what we can do to help with that, basically by enabling all, uh, tokenization for debit networks as well as credit networks and giving e-commerce merchants the opportunity to uh, optimize their routing choices. How's discovered that competes? So so this, the, 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 we had an upvote for the top one. This competes with both a PayPal and 3DS for merchants, and merchants lose liability shift. Issuers find it attractive, I assume. <laughs> uh, okay, we don't really compete with PayPal, 3DS, Apple Pay. We compete with guest checkout. We're 71% of all e-commerce transactions are still using guest checkout. I had started the whole session off by telling you and you know what a poor user experience it is to pull out the card pull out the <laughs> yeah. phone type the stuff in of course those are live pans like fraud is possible someone can be behind you what have you uh so we want to improve the guest checkout experience once we've lowered 71 percent of guest checkout and we've helped merchants decrease abandonment, increase card size, basket size, et cetera. And let's say we get to a point where there's 30% guest checkout and 70% pays or another e-wallet. Then we can get to a scenario where we can worry about competing with the folks you were talking about. So the, the question person, the questions keep hopping. But um, don't think of this as, and I know that what the Wall Street Journal said, it's sexy to say that we're competing with you know, existing wallet solutions. We're really just giving the banks a role in the e-commerce tr transaction they currently don't have. We're giving them an extension of the relationship between the consumer and their issuer, and we're c trying to reduce that guest checkout experience. That's a lot of work for us to do in 23 and 24. Hopefully, I'll come back in 25 and we'll talk about <laughs> tackling a whole bunch of other uh, 
challenges and payments. Well, it looks like we are out of time. Mark, I appreciate you uh, you coming, showing us the demo, and answering some questions. Um, you know, continued luck with pays, and uh, hopefully we'll see you back here in 25. Uh, okay. We don't have to wait that long? <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.